Welcome to Grace Church. We are in person. This is awesome, all right? Yeah, super exciting. want to welcome those of you that are watching online as well. And uh, I do want to just take a moment and ask if you uh, are uh, planning to continue to come in person, which we hope you are. We invite you to, to be, join us every Sunday, every weekend. Um, we would ask that you continue to register because we do have limited capacity. So if you could do that for us, that would be really, really helpful. And, uh, but I do want to welcome you, and we are trusting and believing, and we have been praying that God is going to speak to you this morning through the music. I believe God has already spoken to many, and he's, he's going to speak to you through his word this morning as well. You know, this past Thursday, just wanted to give you a quick update. January 14th, we officially closed on the sale of our property out on Highway 160. Um, yeah, we can clap for that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Grace Church owned 20 acres out there. And uh, we decided to sell that property. And uh, so I just want to ask if you would please be praying for God to give uh, the church wisdom and guidance as we make plans, you know, on the use of those funds and, and uh, how he wants us to use that for his kingdom, for his glory. also want to give a quick reminder that Grace Church is completely debt free, which is awesome as a church. All right. And there's some clapping this morning. All right. I like it. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think it's pretty cool because we're in a unique position to really bless people and to really bless our community. And I'm just grateful and I'm really thankful that I don't have to get up here on the weekends and beg you for money to pay a mortgage. You know, I'm really grateful for that. So um, we praise God for allowing us to be in that position as a church to be debt free. And, uh, and I am really excited about the future of Grace Church and what he is planning to do. Um, through you. You are the church, and I'm excited about that. So today we are in part six of an eight-part series through the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles this morning, if you would turn to Joshua chapter 10, that's where we're going to be. If you don't own a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible today after the service. If you go to the Connect table um, and just ask for a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible of your own. And uh, today in chapter 10, let me just say this. There is a lot of bloodshed in Joshua chapter 10, all right? So anybody that says that the Bible is boring has not read Joshua chapter 10. Um, last week, we, we talked about seek and serve. And I, I want you to know those are two words that God has really been uh, really prompting in my spirit and in my heart and in my mind. It's something that I, you're probably going to hear often throughout 2021. And I asked the question is, how do... We as a church, how do you individually seek the Lord? How do you hear from God? How do you spend time with him? Because I think we would all admit that in our world today, we are experiencing some crazy things. We are seeing some things we've never seen before. And I believe the only way we're going to be able to move forward in a way that is right and move forward in a way that makes sense and move forward in a way that honors God is if we are in tune with God. I believe if, if we have the scent of Jesus like on us, you know, if we're abiding in Christ. So how do you seek the Lord? How do you hear from God? That's something I really want to dive into this year. That's something I want us as a church, I want you individually to explore. How do we seek the Lord? How do we hear from God? And then secondly, I ask the question, what can you do to foster or to build a servant's heart 
or a servant's mindset in your own life, in your marriage. Instead of being selfish, being more selfless. Thinking about your spouse more than yourself. Thinking about others more than yourself. How can you actually have this approach where your hands are just open and you're ready to serve? How can we foster more of a servant's heart and a servant's mindset? Because I believe the only way this region is going to be transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ is if an army of Christ followers rise up with a serving heart. Not a trying to uh, you know, persuade everybody, not trying to win every argument. No, that's not what we need. We need to humbly serve our community. We need to humbly serve this region. And I believe this region will be transformed if we have a serving heart, we have a serving mindset, and we have people who say yes to doing whatever is necessary, short of sin, okay, to reach those who are far from Jesus Christ. So let's be honest. Okay, it, it's hard. It's hard to roll up your sleeves and to get your hands dirty. It's, it's, it's hard to um, sacrifice of your time. It's hard to, um, sometimes it's hard to serve people. And maybe it's people that you even disagree with or maybe that you don't even get along with. But the only way our church is going to impact this region with the gospel is if we have a servant's heart and we have a servant's mindset. So we need people who will say yes. Yes to serving on the stewardship team. Yes to hosting a small group. Yes to leading a squad group for Grace Student Ministries. People who will say yes to serving in G-Kids. People who will say yes to serving their neighbors. What does it look like for you to seek the Lord? And how can you personally strengthen the serving culture here at Grace Church. And let me just be as, as plain and as clear. I think we are um, in an age and in a time where there is a lot of spiritual consumerism, okay? Where um, people just consume, they take in. But I want you to know, we want to lead you to be spiritual contributors, okay? Not consumers, but contributors, we want you to serve. We want you to give. We want you to make an impact. That's where we're leading you. So today, the sermon in Joshua t chapter 10 is about victory. All right? And who couldn't use a little bit of victory? All right? Especially coming out of 2020. I know I could use a little victory. All right? Victory over our enemies and victory through the power of God. So the title of the sermon today is On the Enemy's Neck. All right? On the enemy's neck. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in Joshua chapter 10. Now remember, the, the nation of Israel have been in bondage for decades, and now they are free, and God has told them to go into the promised land. And under the leadership of Joshua, they were to go into the promised land, and they were to conquer the enemies that stood in their way. And so there was a, a man by the name of Adonai Zedek. Okay? Everybody say that with me. Adonai Zedek, all right? I just didn't want to be the only one that butchered his name. Adonai Zedek was the king of Jerusalem, and he heard about all the military conquests of Israel. He caught wind. He heard about um, their defeat of the mighty city of Jericho. He heard how they 
completely wiped out the city of Ai. And he heard how Joshua had made an alliance with the people of Gibeon, who were mighty warriors. So right now during this time, the military strength of Israel is looking really good. I mean, they are strong when it comes from a military perspective. And so Adonai Zedek sent messengers to several other kings around the region, and he was asking for their alliance. He said, man, would you guys team up with me and my army so that we can go and defeat the people of Gibeon? Okay, they, they teamed up with Israel, and we want to make them pay. We want to go and wipe out the people of Gibeon. And so five different kings, five different armies agreed to fight with Adonai, and they combined their armies, and they, they uh, prepared for a unified attack against the people of Gibeon. And so the men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua asking for help. Joshua, remember, we made an alliance. Would you please help us? And so Joshua, a man of his word, a man of high integrity, he kept his word and he sent his entire army, including his best warriors, to Gibeon. And in verse 8 of Joshua chapter 10, God told Joshua, don't Be afraid of them, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up against you. Let me say something quickly about the enemies that you and I will face, okay? I think the greatest enemies that you and I will encounter, the greatest enemies that you and I will face day in and day out, will be the spiritual enemies that attack the mind. I think your mind is the greatest battlefield when it comes to the spiritual attack of the enemy. And it's the place where we need victory the most. I think it starts right here between your ears. That's, that's the battlefield, is your mind. And I, I have to be honest, if, if you're being honest with yourself, I think if the majority of us were being honest, I think a lot of us struggle with stinking thinking, all right? right? We, we, we have a, a mindset that is negative. We have a mindset that, that really isn't God-honoring. I think our, our thinking is marred at best. It's off track, and in most cases, our thinking needs to change. How do I know this to be true? You know, aside from my experience of pastoring a lot of people through the years, God's word also calls us to a renewal of our minds. God talks about renewing your mind. And that means, what what that means is you trade in, okay? You, You hand in your old perceptions or your opinions, your ideas, beliefs, your self centered attitudes. And you receive, okay, you trade that stuff in, and you receive new perceptions, new opinions, new ideas and beliefs, new attitudes that God develops in you. That's how you renew your mind, is you receive that from the Lord. Listen, followers of Jesus are urged in Romans 12, verse 2, to avoid being conformed to this world. We're to avoid that. There should be a difference. People should see a difference in us. We should be 
avoiding being conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, what happens is out of the renewal of your thinking comes a change in your speech patterns. When you start to renew your mind, your speech starts to change. And as your speech begins to change, your behavior begins to change. And now your relationships begin to change. And as your relationships begin to change, your world begins to change. And it starts with a renewed mind. It starts by changing the way that you think. And it all begins with the mind. You see, what we choose to think on, what we choose to dwell on, is often who you will become. Could it be as simple as you are what you think? Could it be that simple? So I just wanted to ask you this morning, as we uh, begin to move into Joshua chapter 10, what are you thinking about often? Like in your own mind, what are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? What uh, is your mind just, man, pondering and thinking about? What specific steps are you taking to renew your mind? Because listen, spiritual growth, A renewed mind, it doesn't just happen by accident. It's not just going to be like, ooh, one day my mind is just renewed and everything's different. No, you have to take specific steps. You have to make specific decisions to renew your mind. So God told Joshua not to be afraid of his enemies. He said, don't be afraid of them. Now remember, we talked how Joshua, we, we talked earlier in the book of Joshua that I think we we learned he struggled with discouragement because God has reminded him numerous times throughout the book of Joshua to be strong and to be courageous and to not be afraid. And we see it again here in Joshua chapter 10. He says, Joshua, don't be afraid of your enemies. And listen, let me talk about fear for just a moment. Fear is a barrier to the enjoyment of life. If you let fear consume you, if you let fear control you, you will not experience the fullness of the joy of the Lord. You won't. Fear is a barrier to the enjoyment of life. And when you allow fear and anxiety to take shape in your life, you're allowing something to hinder God's work in your life. Listen, fear um, paralyzes you. Fear immobilizes you, and it it causes you to even question moving forward. Fear is, is, is such a powerful emotion, but you have to remember, it is just an emotion. You can't let it consume you and control you. And I want you to know that God is telling you today, just like he was telling Joshua, he's telling you, don't be afraid of your enemies. Don't be afraid of them. For I, God, has given you victory over them. And not a single one of them will be able to stand up against you. Man, believe that today. Receive that today. 
You don't have to live in fear. I want you to know that's not God's plan for you. He doesn't want you to be consumed with fear. So commit to a new life today. Commit to renew your mind today. Commit to walk in the victory that comes through Jesus Christ. And so Joshua and the armies of Israel, they went to protect the people of Gibeon. And they went and they they began to fight against these five kings and these five armies and they, 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 they were annihilating them. Okay? They destroyed the armies that were rising up against them. And after a lot of blood was shed and a lot of warfare, the five kings and their armies were just being destroyed. So the five kings actually ran off. Okay? They fled and they actually went and hid in a cave. And so Joshua heard that these five kings had gone to hide in a cave, and so he told his men to cover the cave with some big rocks. He put some guards at the entrance of the cave so they couldn't escape. And then they went back and continued to completely crush the enemy that they were fighting against. They totally wiped out the five armies that came up against them. And after destroying the enemies of Israel, I'm sorry, Uh, Yeah, the enemies of Israel, Israel returned back to camp. And then Joshua went back to the cave where the five kings were trapped. And I want us to pick up in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 22. And I'm just going to read it to us so we can see what happened, okay? Joshua chapter 10 and verse 22. And then Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, uh, Jarmuth, Lassish, and Eglon. And they brought them out. And Joshua told the commanders of his army, come and put your feet on the king's neck. And they did as they were told. So if you can kind of picture this, the commanders of the armies of Israel Joshua told them to come and to put their foot on the king's necks. And then Joshua gave a speech. All right, so these kings that were rising up against them are now face down, and the commanders of Israel have their foot on their necks. And in verse 25, he said, Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. This is Joshua talking. Like, imagine God talking to you right now. Don't ever be afraid. Or discouraged, God is saying. And then Joshua told his men, Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. It's awesome. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles. They were hung until evening. And as the sun was going down, Joshua gave instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening with the cave with a a large pile of rocks, which remains to this very day. All right? Now, before we move forward, I I need to say just a couple things. First of all, you might be thinking to yourself, like, wow, that's really gruesome, you know? That's really harsh. Like, Joshua seems kind of mean, you know? Like, wow. But... Before you get on your high horse, let me just remind us of a couple things. Let me ask you, how did you feel when Osama bin Laden was captured and killed? 
How did you feel when Saddam Hussein was captured and eventually put to death? Secondly, I just want to encourage you. A lot of times people will, will take the scripture and they'll twist it for their own personal use or for their own political gain. And I want to encourage you, don't twist these verses into, into something that they are not meant for. The five kings, okay, sometimes people will say, man, who do the five kings represent? Let me just tell you, the five kings do not represent the Democrats or Republicans, okay? That's not what's being talked about here. The five kings don't represent your boss or your ex, okay? That's not what's being talked about here. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Okay, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. See, people will often try to twist the scriptures to make it fit their personal or their political agenda, and we must not do that. We cannot do that, okay? Remember, the scriptures refer to themselves as a sword. The Bible, God's word is a sword, and you can use the sword to protect people, or you can use the sword to destroy people. You can use the sword for good, or you can use the sword for evil. So I'm just reminding us, church, we need to be very careful how we use the word of God. Once again, Joshua chapter 10 is simply an, an historical account of the armies of Israel. I don't twist it into meaning something that it was never meant for. And if there is any application to our lives today, it's, it's a spiritual application. That's what we can learn from Joshua chapter 10. How does this apply to my life? spiritually. And, and I want to finish the sermon this morning by giving us three spiritual applications that I believe we can learn from Joshua ch chapter 10. And the spiritual application for us today is this. Number one, if you're taking notes, don't be afraid or discouraged. Man, what a great application that we can apply to our lives. Don't be afraid or discouraged. And let, let me ask, first of all, let me ask a question. As followers of Jesus Christ, what is there to be afraid of? Honestly, as followers of Jesus Christ, what is there to be afraid of? We have the Spirit of God within us to guide us and to direct us. Our eternity is secure. We don't have to be afraid of death because we know that we will live again. We have scriptures to guide our path and to give us direction. And we have other believers that we can lean on and that we can receive encouragement from. My gosh, we should be the most faith-filled people on the planet. Moving forward with great confidence and hope and peace of mind. Listen, I, I think the hard truth for us this morning is when we are fearful or discouraged we're actually placing our hope in man and not in God. 
We're, we're placing our hope in a politician and not in God. We're placing our hope in the things of this world to bring us victory. And let me remind you, the only victory and hope that is going to last can only be found in Jesus Christ. On the flip side, okay, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, there, there is a lot to be afraid of. And, and I say this lovingly, and I say this as gently as I can, but I think it would be pastoral malpractice if I didn't say it. Listen, apart from Jesus Christ, your, your confidence, your stability, your provision, it can change every four years with the new politician. Yeah, I mean, your, your, your security can change with each election. Listen, apart from Jesus Christ, you do have uh, death to fear because your eternity is not secure. And what, what is your confidence in? What's your hope in, um, you know, when death comes knocking on your door? What about, what about purpose in this life? Like, is it really all about the American dream? My gosh, have we not witnessed enough people who have lived out the American dream and then they ended up taking their lives because it didn't bring fulfillment? It wasn't the purpose of their life? Man, is that really the purpose of our existence? Listen, my, my prayer, my hope is that you will put your confidence in Jesus Christ because that is the rock that is going to last. It's going to weather every storm this life can throw at us. That's the only place we can find peace, that we can find assurance, that we can find victory. Listen, apart from Christ, it really is hopeless. But I pray that you will put your faith in Jesus today. The second spiritual application is this. God is telling you, number two, he's telling you to be strong and courageous. Once again, I, I go to the mind. You can make an intentional decision today to be strong and courageous. Listen, if you're consistently focusing on everything that's going wrong or on the negativity, if you're constantly just thinking and listening to all the noise, of course you're going to feel discouraged. Of course you're going to feel down. But when you focus your mind on the right things, you begin to feel the right things. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 8, he said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And fix your mind Really be intentional about thinking about what is right. Once again, could it be as simple as you are what you think? So how's your thinking? 
And then the third spiritual application for us is this. Complete victory is found only in Jesus Christ. Joshua told his commanders to come and to put their feet on the necks of the enemy. And then he said this, for the Lord is going to do this to all of your enemies. Just a beautiful picture for us that God is victorious. God will overcome. God is going to conquer all of our enemies. And I want to read a few verses from the Apostle Paul about victory. And there's, there's a, I just want to give you a heads up. There's a, a few verses here, but I just couldn't pass them up. I mean, they're so good. So listen to Paul as he tells us about the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. These verses are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 45 through 58. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, and then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Verse 50, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will rise to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal, mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Verse 54. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into the bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. Now verse 57. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Man, such a great section of scripture and let me remind you through christ you will be victorious you will have your foot on the enemy's neck you will overcome the attacks of the enemy that wants to destroy your life and this this victory is only found in jesus christ so i i finish with the same challenge that i gave you last week if what i have been talking about for the last 26, 27, okay, maybe 30 minutes, all right? If this is true, if this is true, wouldn't you want to be close to him? And wouldn't you want to 
just to, to seek his will, to understand him, to, to walk with him. And then secondly, wouldn't you want to serve him? My gosh. Like the God who left the glories of heaven and came to earth and gave his life so that you and I could have eternal life. Man, wouldn't you want to serve him because of that? And so I ask these last two questions. What does it look like for you to seek the Lord? What does it look like? And I think being at church is a great start. Maybe it's spending time, you know, getting up early in the morning and just spending some time in God's word. Maybe it's connecting with other Christians so that you can, man, learn and and grow. Maybe it's praying and just listening to the Spirit of God in your life. How do you seek the Lord? And then secondly, what can you do to foster a servant's heart and a servant's mindset in your life? And I would love for Grace Church to not only be known as the friendliest church in this region, not only the, the most generous church in this region, but I would love for Grace Church to be known as, man, that, that's a group of people. They just know how to serve. Like they're not trying to win all these debates and arguments. They're not in people's faces. No, they just know how to love God. They know how to love people. And they show it by serving by really humbling themselves and just meeting people's needs and serving people. Man, I would love that. How do you seek the Lord and how do you build a servant's heart in your own life? I'm going to close in prayer. Father, thank you for Joshua chapter 10. Once again, just the encouragement that we receive yet again to to not be afraid of our enemies, to be strong, to be courageous, Father, I'm thankful for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And I pray that there would be some here today in person, some watching online. Maybe they have never taken that step to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And maybe they're afraid of everything. Maybe they're just living and walking in fear. And I pray that today they would be set free from that. They would put their faith in you, Jesus, and they would begin to walk in confidence into their future because they know their eternity is secure. They have the Spirit of God within them. They have, man, the guidance of the Scriptures. They have other believers surrounding them and supporting them. God, help us to move forward in faith and not in fear and help us to walk in victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.